Good morning, our dear listener. Welcome to yet another rich, exciting, and inspiring episode of your number one NASCO Moments radio show, the only radio discussion program designed to empower you and your family to live, enjoy, and celebrate a quality life. Next week, Sunday, 25th December 2016, is Christmas Day. Many families have been planning and looking forward to this festive season, even as just about everyone is already caught up in the mood for the season, more or less. Today, NASCAR Women's Radio Show will focus attention on a matter of crucial importance, especially at times like this, how you and I can effectively prevent and manage fire outbreaks in our homes, in offices, and indeed virtually everywhere that we carry out our daily social and business activities. Fire has been rightly described as the greatest servant, but the worst master. Fire is difficult to control when it turns into an inferno. Fire can burn, disfigure and reduce to naught virtually everything in its way. Fire is useful and friendly in many instances, but is equally no respecter of man, whether rich or poor. We are currently in the height of the dry season. From past experiences, the dry Hamilton period is usually characterized by many avoidable incidences of fire outbreaks. This is usually worsened by the breezy winds which contribute to fuel otherwise little fires into harmful, destructive and often life-threatening infernos. Only recently too, the library of the University of Jos was gutted by an unfortunate fire incident. This sad development left in its wake colossal damage including loss of intellectual property. Plus, as we have since come to learn, the future of many is hanging precariously in the balance as a consequence of this massive fire outbreak. The good news, however, is, like most disasters, a fire outbreak can be prevented. Here on NASCAR Moments, we believe that citizens can and should be empowered on how to not only work to prevent fire incidents, but also know how best to effectively manage a fire outbreak should it occur under their watch. It is in this light that we have invited to the NASCAR Moments radio show this Saturday morning, Mr. Al-Hassan Bardi, Executive Secretary, State Emergency Management Agency, Plateau State. He is here to give empowering tips on how citizens especially can avert a fire outbreak and what we can do to effectively manage an eventuality of such nature. So, stay right where you are. We'll be right back. A promise kept. the taste of nasco cream crackers each bite is crispy and so much fun it's excitingly cool and a delight any day nasco cream crackers is the ideal snack at home and office nasco cream crackers is best served with tea coffee and cheese Nasco cream crackers, a promise kept. It's crunchy and tasty. Nasco cream, cream, cream crackers. Nasco cream crackers, another quality product from Nasco. Mr. Bardi, thank you very much for joining us on Nasco Moments. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, good morning, listener, and it's a pleasure to be here once again. Okay, so what factors are associated with fire outbreaks? Interesting. Um, normally, when we talk about fire, We'll be looking at fire from two perspectives. That is the types. We have natural and man-made fire disasters. 
be that as it may, we know um, fire disaster occurs in Plateau State. It does occur in Nigeria. It occurs in Africa and globally because everybody uses fire in its little way or community. However, just as you've mentioned in your opening you know, remarks, fire is our friend, it could be our enemy. Experiences have shown that uh, fire disasters have caused a lot of humanitarian conditions extremely, where people have lost their lives, property worth several millions of naira destroyed, and high displacement of people. And this has thrown people also in traumatic conditions. Um, the factors associated with fire disasters would include one, wiring of buildings or structures, you know, using substandard cables. You know, our people like to cut corners instead of employing the services of professionals, would rather do it, I like to do it myself, which is very, very wrong. And another very serious factor too is overloading of electrical appliances. You know, um, these things generate heat. And once they are overloaded, the next thing you experience is a fire outbreak. Okay. And this needs to be controlled properly. And we also have the using candles without metal base. People put on the candle, instead of allowing the wax to be strong, we just place it on the table before you know it, there's a fire disaster. So uh, we also have indiscriminate use of fire by children, especially when we leave the matches, you know, uh, just carelessly. They are very adventurous, they can use it. We have indiscriminate bush burning for hunting of rats or wild animals, as of course our people will do in, in, in the communities. So by and large, these are some of the basic factors that are associated with fire disasters. Mm, some know, of them are very little things that we take for granted. Exactly. Uh, how can people prevent fire occurring from a power surge, for example? A significant number of fire outbreaks in urban areas have been attributed to this. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, University of Joss, which was, I mean, the library which was gutted by fire just recently. Quite unfortunate. Uh, lots and lots of uh, materials were destroyed. Uh, I'd like to also recall that on the 17th of this month, November, some makeshift shops, you know, at the Timeless Market were also gutted by fire. Uh, over 150 shops were burned, property worth over 30 million naira destroyed, and over 150 people also affected. So all this put together was as a result of power surge. Uh, well, of course, we can do something to prevent the occurrence. One, like I said earlier on, the use of right, you know, standard materials or cables, uh, instead of using the substandard cables, which protect and prevent the occurrence of fire disaster. Uh, it is also necessary that we switch off electrical appliances when not in use or when we are leaving the home. It is very, very important. If necessary, pull it from the socket, you know, of the walls. That will help prevent the occurrence of fire disaster. Uh, protective devices should also be put in place, uh, like, you know, using automatic circuit breakers. And I think fundamentally these are some of the ways by which we can prevent the occurrence of fire incidents. Okay, one of our uh, regular cooking fuels at home is gas. Right. And uh, there's a proliferation of gas cylinders in many households. And in light of the fact that this cooking device is highly flammable, what precautionary advice would you uh, give people who use gas at home? Indeed, this is highly proliferated. 
uh, in and out, apart from the usage itself, even the marketing, you know, in residential areas is a matter of concern. Uh, if you go around just town and the nooks and crannies, you will discover people operating, you know, uh, cooking gas business even within residential uh, areas. In December, for example, 2015, there, there was a shop around uh, the rentier locus, you know, stocked with uh, so many cylinders and there was leakage. The leakage, you know, uh, resulted in the ignition of fire. And in fact, if not for the help of God, the whole environment would have been gutted by fire. And in that way, six or seven shops were destroyed. Therefore, uh, it is important that we regulate this. I would like to use this opportunity to call on the State House of Assembly to promulgate a law banning the, the sales and business of, um, you know, cooking gas within residential quarters. Instead, it should be at the outskirts. Uh, take, for example, Navic Gas Company, which is well secured. Uh, this is a clear example of how the business should be operated. And uh, it is important also that uh, our people should service the, the cylinders because some of them have been in use for so many years. They are overaged. We can no longer use them, so it's good to discard, you know, this kind of cylinders. Okay. Um, it is important also that we should um, check leakages because sometimes you get a stench of gas coming out instead of people being wary. Before you know it, they are putting on the match and of course there could be you know, a fire incident. All right. Yes. Uh, very, very interesting and uh, important tips there too. Uh, listeners, stay with us. As you can tell, there's much more to talk about today. We will be right back. For whatever flavor you may need. Yes, Queen Biscuits. So crunchy and so creamy. Yes, It's oven fresh and tasty for the young and everybody. Take a bite and get the feeling that you get what you need. For everybody, take it everywhere you go. Grab the taste of quality. Everybody say, let's go. away with Nasco biscuits today. Nasco cream biscuits. Nasco shortcake biscuits. Nasco cream crackers. Nasco biscuits. Cream of biscuits. Welcome back. This is the Nasco Moment Show. We have been discussing how you, citizens, can be empowered to effectively prevent and manage fire outbreaks. And our guest is Alhaji Al Hassan Birdie, Executive Secretary, State Emergency Management Agency, Plateau State. Now, I'm still talking about preventing fires at home in the event of an unwanted fire what quick things can be done to put such a fire out um one of the ways we can do that is by raising alarm to call the attention of the occupants of the house and also calling on the attention of neighbors for help it is important also to maintain calmness you know and operate on safe behaviors so that we we don't you know um rush out because of uh, fear and the rest of them, before you know it, there's a stampede. And this, again, will cause people their lives or cause injuries. It is important also that if it is electrical um, surge, for example, we can go to the mains and put it off. That will control as, as, as a major of controlling you know, the occurrence of the disaster. Uh, we can also, importantly, 
call on the fire service officials to quickly come to the aid you know of victims you know where there's an occurrence mm. yes uh, can water quench any kind of fire well of course uh, from experiences we've seen where water has been in use to quench fire but not any kind of fire if it is electrical for example or uh, as a result of um, um, what do you call it Pet petrol or any combustible material there's a specialized uh, handling of that kind of disaster and uh, from simulations and demonstrations we've received during capacity building we, we were told that no ordinary water can can be used to quench that kind of fire except you call on the professionals to bring uh, what, what they call chemical water you know to use in putting out that type of fire yes yeah, interesting you mentioned simulations um, do corporate organizations have simulations and drills for their workers to know what to do in case of a fire incident well uh, this is near absent here but uh, I like to use it, this opportunity to call on all and sundry whatever kind of business you're operating it is important that you build the capacity of your personnel because uh, it helps also to prevent because we're talking of prevention here uh, prevention they say is better than cure so instead of wasting funds to bring back what has been lost, it is good to train uh, our, our personnel. Still talking about what to use to fight a fire, can soapy water be used to fight fire? Well, soapy water depends on who is handling it. Professionals can do that. Oh, okay. Uh, from the point of view of regulation and prevention, what sorts of devices are mandatory and required for homes, offices, complex organizations to effectively fight a fire? That's right. Uh, it is important to note here that what SEMA does is not just uh, um, talking about relief, relief, we're talking about prevention. Therefore, we collaborate, putting the necessary synergy with other stakeholders. So from what we've had in terms of training, it is important that we put in place devices like portable fire extinguishers, you know, in our houses, in our offices and other buildings. Uh, we also have what we call smoke detectors we have heat detectors and flame or fire detectors all these are devices type that can be put in place in case to detect you know uh, the occurrence of fire disaster before it goes wide it's also interesting or should i say strange to find that there are offices that do have fire extinguishers but their workers don't even know how to use them that's right so this is important uh, here to call on the management of such you know organizations to bring about the enabling environment in terms of training and capacity building because sometimes you see somebody walking past you know a fire extinguisher indeed he doesn't know how to use it even when there's a disaster uh, these are some of the things that are complex without being taught you wouldn't know how to use it so therefore it is important to carry on you know uh, some kind of training and information sharing. Okay. In the event of a fire, uh, what steps uh, are applicable in huge building complexes, hostels or hotels uh, of how people in such locations can be accounted for? All right. Such structures should be well set out. In other words, there should be escape or exit routes. And there's also supposed to be um, a, a formula of verification of the people in such buildings. For example, we should be able to know how many families are there and in the family, how many members are there. And then at the end of the day, you set out a common ground called the assembly. 
the assembly is more or less a place where you assemble people you know uh, that have been rescued and then conduct what we call roll call the roll call will provide an opportunity for you to be able to know if the whole occupants have been rescued or some are still trapped so that um, such a rescue exercise can be conducted even after that. Yeah, and I wonder how possible it is to have such a roll call probably if your records have been burnt. Well, what I'm saying, the roll call of a human being mm. to find out or to verify if people are still trapped inside. We're talking about rescuing people, isn't it? Yes. So in such complexes or such buildings where we have people, we should be able to know how many families are there and how many family members are there. The roll call is to be to enable you know how many have come out and how many are still in there. Yes, but I'm, I'm saying in the events you don't uh, uh, know it personally. Probably you need some records. That's right. And you don't have the records because they're burnt, for instance. Well, here we have a challenge. Mm. Therefore, uh, it will have to do with using, you know, uh, the frontline family members to be able to give you the information. Okay. Uh, listen, this is the NASCO Moments radio talk show. And today we're trying to empower you on how to effectively prevent and manage fire disasters. And it's not over yet. Please stay with us. Ever since I discovered the secret of Brightex white detergent, my clothes come fresh, bright and clean always. It's mild on clothes and good for my washing machine. Thank you, Brightex. Brightex detergent cleans dip stains and dirt from your clothes, keeping it fresh and bright so your clothes don't fade. It lasts longer. Brightex white detergent, a quality product from NASCO. Take the Brightex advantage today and keep your clothes fresh, bright and clean. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Welcome back. It's the NASCO Moment Show. Our guest today is Alhaji Al-Hassan Bardi, Executive Secretary, SEMA. We've been discussing how you can be empowered to effectively prevent and manage fire outbreaks. Now, we'd like to talk about first aid at this point. Uh, describe the nature and type of first aid to be given to victims of fire outbreak. For example, those who have sustained burns or have choked in smoke emanating from burning materials. Is it true and advisable to force palm oil, for example, down the throat of such a victim? All right. Interesting. Well, first aid first and foremost is aimed you know, at reducing pain on victims. Uh, it is also aimed at resuscitating people uh, who have suffered uh, from inhaling smoke and the rest of them. Uh, therefore, it is important that while applying the first aid, we should use cold water at normal room temperature, you know, to apply on the wounds sustained by or the burns sustained by victims. Uh, this will allow for the reduction of the pains. And indeed, we should also try, you know, at that moment to cover the wounds, the open wounds. This is. Uh, because we, we, we're trying to guide against infection. Um, talking about smoke chalk, whether it is necessary to force palm oil in the throat of a victim, that is not applicable at all. It's not advisable. The more you do that, you are still you are more endangering the life of the victim. So the best thing to do is to hurriedly you know evacuate and take the victim to the hospital for better medical attention. All right. 
Citizens have complained about how in many cases the firefighting service seems uh, not to have sufficient water or even the tools to effectively fight a fire outbreak. So can you share your thoughts on this to assure worried citizens? Well, uh, let me use this opportunity to first commend the fire service uh, directorate of the state because uh, they've been working they've been beyond the call to duty uh, as a result of probably the poor funding or lack of sufficient funding and lack of working tools and materials. But I know for sure they've recently been supplied with new firefighting engines. So members of the public uh, should not express fears even when there is a, a disaster because I know they are better equipped now and the government of the day, uh, the rescue mission is out to rescue all and sundry, including organizations that uh, have had dilapidated structures and lack of working materials. So I want to assure members of the public that today we are going to have a vibrant fire service you know, that is created in the state. How may the challenges faced by the fire service be better and sustainably tackled? Well, like I said, uh, SEMA coordinates the activities of uh, humanitarian actors in the state. What we do normally is to have a roundtable, share our experiences, our problems and challenges. Um, partly what they experience is funding. Uh, funding is the hallmark of everything. If you have adequate funds, there's nothing you cannot do. No matter how good your programs are without funds, you can't disseminate, just leave them in the vacuum. However, some of the challenges are funding and lack of uh, working materials for now. But I am sure, just like I said, the government is out to salvage all Maribond you know, areas and then to ensure that everybody has his or her hands on deck you know, for better development and uh, moving forward you know, in the state. Uh, I wonder if you can suggest how do you think the fire service may uh, um, surmount the challenge of reaching places that are difficult to... I know there are places that are poorly planned and right. probably their vehicles, their trucks cannot get through and reach some houses. We've seen such instances in the news. Right. Is, there, is there anything they can do differently to be able to reach such difficult places? Well, before they do anything, it is important that for, for planners, people that plan our buildings and structures, you know, do in such a manner that there will be free access, uh, even in the event of a fire disaster. What the fire service too can do is to be able to develop themselves, their capacities, and uh, looking at themselves as people who have been entrusted with responsibilities to carry out. You know, you should try to be creative, use your initiatives to do something differently, you know, quite from the normal way of doing things. All right. The Christmas season is upon us. Um, what are your final words as far as this discussion is concerned? First, happy Xmas to everybody in Prosperous 2017. Um, let me use this opportunity to call on all of us to keep watch on our children that use um, fireworks or knockouts. This can be dangerous. And therefore, let me also say that uh, we should be alert to stay alive, to contribute our quota to societal development. We should live life to the max while it lasts because life is supposed to be well spent. And on that lovely note, I'd like to thank you very much, uh, Hassan Bardi, Executive Secretary, State Emergency Management Agency, for pleasure. being here today. It's my pleasure. Thank yeah. you so much. All right, we've, we've heard all his thoughts on this pressing issue on the NASCO Moments radio show today. And we're glad that everyone has had the opportunity uh, to be empowered to prevent fire outbreaks and manage such disasters. Remember, 
However, that prevention is always, always better than cure. Uh, we end uh, the NASCO Moment show here. Follow NASCO Moments on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash group. You can also follow the program on Twitter. The handle is at NASCO group. Please send any feedback on any aspect of the NASCO Moment show to the email marketing at nasco.net or through text messages on the dedicated care line 0805-774-7777. We have a NASCO Moments trivia question for today. The question is, what is the content of a fire extinguisher? Send the correct answer via text to 0805-774-7777 and as usual, include your name and location. Last week, we asked the question, mention three common eye diseases in Nigeria. Some answers are cataracts, glaucoma, and conjunctivitis. And we'd like to say congratulations to Alfred Abonge Tombe from Mr. Ali. As our winner, you will be receiving a NASCO gift bag. Thank you for being a part of our program. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO and it was created by Unimark Limited Marketing Communications Consultants. Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department, Producer Harun Audu, Research and Content Development, Tolu Bakari, Ignatius Usa, and Harun Audu, Production Coordinators, Solomon Audu and Tolu Bakari. I am Hudun Gyang. Thank you for being there and join us again next week. Mm-hmm.